Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 157. I'm Larry, your host as always, and with me again today is Jessalyn. Hello. If you haven't listened to us before, we're a little movie podcast and we like to talk about all sorts of genres. Uh, maybe once in a while romantic comedy, but very few and far between. We like yeah. to focus more on action, horror, sci-fi, suspense, thrillers, cult movies, and um, all the, the other shit. variety. Yeah, all that other <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's mostly what we like to talk about on here. And um, I like to give my opinions on things, which, of course, you know, not everyone's going to agree with. And uh, I think that's especially going to be today when uh, this is somewhat of a... Critics will agree with you, but 38% yes. of butthurt fanboys will not. Exactly. <laughs> but of course, we will get to that when we do our movie of the week in the second part of the episode. But for now, we're just going to do a bunch of quick reviews of, of movies we've seen just like in bed or in the, in the theater if we ever go back to one. We will. I want to. Yeah, it, it, like that. Just And so we, if we're like two weeks now, we kind of just build all the crap that we've watched in the like the genres that I've just talked about. And then we go through them and tell you, tell you what we think of them and if they're a, a watch or not a watch. Um, I think in the beginning of... This podcast, we kind of, I, I kind of wanted to leave a lot of the negativity out of when we talked about stuff. Um, that's changed a little bit. I try not to just sit here and trash movies until there's just one where it, it, it it's just absolutely not a movie anymore. And it, it's just crap. Yeah. To and me. You know, everyone's opinion is different. What, what the hell do we know compared to what you know? It's, opinions are subjective. Exactly. So, yeah, I think we can, you know, shit on a movie that we didn't like and still say, you know, we're still saying, you know, when it came out, how you can watch yeah. it. Do it. No one's stopping you. Do yeah. it. Exactly. And that goes for our TV show of the week. Yes. The TV series of the week. Mm-hmm. But until we get there, uh, let's start going through some of the films that we've watched recently. And a lot of them are uh, were on the better side, I want to say. I was thinking the same thing. There are only a few in here. I wouldn't even say that I didn't like. Let's, <laughs> let's get into it. All right. You go for it. Shoot. All right. So the first we watched was Fractured. Mm -hmm. um, this is from 2019 on Netflix. But I feel like Netflix just released it. And I couldn't find that it was released anywhere else so maybe maybe in like very select theaters yeah. in 2019 or, or maybe it sat on a shelf for a while before for a while. someone yeah. picked it up some company picked it up for distribution that happens right you know it, i'm not gonna say a lot but it, it does happen i right. remember one of those movies uh i want to say it was like boiler room was the name of the movie with vin diesel and that mm. movie was pushed back many years until finally it came out uh, Underwater was another one, which came, which was yeah, finished years that. before, and then and then they released it during like a dead zone of seeing movies. January's yeah. <laughs> fucking graveyard of movies. Um, <laughs> so this one's got Sam Worthington, who I find boring. <laughs> he's no Jai Courtney, but he's you used to like him. Yeah, I know. I don't know what happened. I just I've seen him in enough things where he's kind of just that same guy. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, all right. Um, having said that. I feel like his performance is really good in this. It is. Yeah, he acts. He shocked the hell out of me. <laughs> um, Lily Rabe, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. She's from uh, uh, most of the seasons of American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, she's around. You know who she is. She's she she's great. I, I love I her love because her. she can play any fucking character, mm-hmm. and that's a true actor right there. I feel like a lot of the American Horror Story recurring cast are like that, mm-hmm. which is why they they appear in so many seasons because their range is yeah large. Like Evan Peters, yeah. uh, Angela Bassett, of course, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. they can they always knock it out of the park. It right. seems like uh, all anyway. right. But anyway, that might be more of an American Horror Story bias on my part, but yes. <clears throat> uh, all right, so, well, yeah. so what's this movie about? Uh, so I, I remember, movie, but, but... Right, a couple stops at a gas station where their six-year-old daughter's arm is fractured. Ha. So she actually, she gets scared of this by this dog, um, and Sam Worthington is trying to shoo the dog away and not scare her because she's standing right on a ledge into some... Uh, pit. Into like, like a pit. Well, they're, yeah. it seems like they're constructing a new building. Yeah. And, or erecting a new building. And the foundation is there, but nothing else. And then she right. falls into it. So she ends up falling, and he makes a valiant attempt to grab her from in the scene that we see at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all go to the hospital. Uh, he drives like crazy to the hospital, uh, gets them there. They go into some sort of... Uh, things are already kind of weird... At the hospital, like, Stephen Tabolonsky plays the doctor who's a little bit off, saying mm-hmm. things like, uh, she's so perfect, and, you know, we're so excited uh, to have her, and, like, mm-hmm. they give her a doll, and everybody's excited. And then Lily Rabe and her daughter disappear, and Sam Worthington waits in the waiting room for hours and hours, and wife are, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, it's your trope, like, oh, we don't have any registry of these right. two people. So, Did this really happen? Or yeah. Like, it gives you all these questions until it's... I mean, it's answered at the end of the movie, of course, which I won't spoil. Yeah, let's not spoil one. it, because I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it was an alright movie. I I thought it was okay. Um, yeah, I recommend you see it. Why not? It's uh, it, 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 it keeps you questioning it until the end. Agreed. And I think I liked it way more than you, simply because I was blown away that Sam Worthington was so good. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm eating my words on how boring he is. He was really great in this. Next. Uh, all right, next. Uh, a classic horror story, 2021, also on Netflix. Yes, and this one, um, this one was recommended actually to me from someone I went to high school with and who's actually an actor now. Yeah, and I had started it before she commented um, and then stopped when I realized, A, that it wasn't in English and I wasn't prepared to pay attention that closely, <laughs> B, that it was an Italian horror film that you would probably like, so I decided yeah. to wait for you. So yeah, you heard, you saw Italian, you, you heard Italian, and then you're, you're, you, you were kind of turned off by it, I want to say. Kind but, of, because, to be clear to any of you Italians out there, not because I don't like Italians, I just <laughs> don't really like Italian horror movies. And that may be worse to Italians, because they love Italian horror movies. Alright, so let's dive into this. Okay. A classic horror story. So it starts out, um, my bread and butter, uh, in this gruesome suspense film, Six Strangers Traveling in sutter- Southern... Bleh. Bleh. <laughs> southern Italy Become Stranded in the Woods. That's all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, to know that I would be interested in something like that. And then, like I said, then I decided I wanted to wait for you. A little bit. Um, something that I didn't necessarily see coming, but it does uh, It does somewhat blindside you with a revelation. It really does in a great way. Mm-hmm. I was delighted, actually. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, 
Yeah, I I don't want to get too much more into this movie. Other than yes, it's your 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 trope of uh, there's this guy he's driving this like camper with uh, five six other people and they're going to a destination and of course things uh, I recommend this movie it was fun to watch um, so yeah me too I would definitely recommend it there are now two Italian horror films total that I like what was the first one, one? Cemetery Man okay that's one. right yeah so. uh, and list. <laughs> Unless what's Dagon? That's not Italian, is it? Uh no, that's that's American. Yeah. Um, done by Stuart Gordon, so right, right, right. Um, done by American director with I want to say I want to say that movie's Spanish. Spanish, you're right. I'm racist. It's Spanish. Yeah, you're absolutely close, right. right? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, a classic horror story. The the title is definitely no mistake. It's very intentional and mm. it it's like a commentary on how much Italians love horror. Which I yeah. think is very, very clever. Yeah, it yeah. is. So, yeah, check it out. Next, In the Shadow of the Moon. Also 2019 on Netflix, but makes me think it just got picked up mm-hmm. for distribution, like you said. Because um, I'd never heard of it. <laughs> What's this one about? So, uh, In the Shadow of the Moon. A Philadelphia police officer struggles with a lifelong obsession to track down a mysterious serial killer whose crimes defy explanation. So it starts out in the 80s, right around the time his daughter is born. And you can kind of tell um, as it progresses forward based on how old the kid is, Mm -hmm, pretty much. Um, He's chasing after this serial killer. But back in the 80s, he kills the serial killer. Right. Trying to capture her. Right. And then um, she appears again, um, I want to say, what is it? Nine years later. Nine years later, mm-hmm. the same serial killer uh, appears again, and he sees that there's a pattern going on, and that for the for the next, like, 20-some years, he's trying to figure out who this person is, who keeps kind of just appearing, and then he kind of really figures out that this person is... And, and, doing whatever working uh, their way backwards right so yes. that's why she's still alive obviously yes. yeah so um so yeah as she's moving backwards he's moving forward and so their paths are constantly crossing each other because he keeps looking for her mm-hmm. and trying to figure out why this is all going on why she's killing why why these people are dying right. and they're dying gruesomely too they're getting like the shot in their neck or, or somewhere on them which pretty much explodes, like, and makes all, like, their organs ooze out and everything. It looks very painful, it does. yeah. It looks like people get fucked up pretty bad for mm-hmm. this. Um, I did like this movie. Me too. It was fun. Uh, it was, like, I, I wasn't 100% sure what was going on. Um, I didn't, like, guess a lot of the stuff, which was good. And the ending, I was pretty, I liked. I was, um... I was invested with the characters also. Me too. That. <laughs> but to me, it reminds me of yes. Tenet. And now you actually explained Tenet in depth to me, and I'm still not going to watch it again. <laughs> but it does sound a lot more interesting. And just from your description, yes, there are similarities. Yes. There's, there's a few similarities in this. Other than people going backwards. and <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would uh, check this one out. This one's uh, In the Shadow of the Moon on yes, Netflix. Yes, on Netflix. Check it out. All right, our next one. Next one, The Devil Below 2021 on Netflix. Yeah, we were on a Netflix binge. Yeah, well, Netflix released a lot of horror movies that I'd never seen before that I was interested in. 
Um, so wait, Devil Below. Let me look that up. This is the the coal mine one. Remember? Kind of, yeah. I'm still drawing a blank on it a little bit. So there are these people who show up who want to do this, like, documentary about the Appalachian Mountains and this abandoned coal mine because a bunch of coal miners got murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're trying to figure out if it's, like, a phenomenon or Mm -hmm. if there's something more sinister. Um, It's okay. It's actually fairly forgettable. Yeah, look Um, at me. I'm still trying to blank on it. I'm still trying to figure out what movie that was. Yeah, because... You know what? When you look it up on IMDb or when you look at it, uh, if you look at the poster that mm-hmm. they put there, the poster is the spoiler for what of it what it is. It's a giant <laughs> tentacled monster. Spoilers, <laughs> the movie spoiled itself. Then <laughs> the poster. <laughs> yeah. The giant tentacled monster looks good. Um Hey, let me see a picture of this again. Like let me Yeah. Oh well, yeah, let me see. I didn't it. care. I wasn't oh, yes. terribly invested in the characters. Uh, yeah, okay. I remember this one now. Yeah. It's okay. Um, it's all right. Um, God, I really that much from it because I mean it really wasn't all that great. No, it's a, I'm it's a about it. tentacled monster. Um, it is. So yeah, okay. So this is like partially found footage, I want to say. And okay, now I'm starting to remember a little. A little. More. It's got oh, okay, okay. Alicia Alicia Sands in it from You Knew Her. Um, she's like their tour guide who gets them where they need to go. Yeah, I'm still drawing a blank on her. <laughs> you told me, yeah, while we were watching the movie, you were like, yeah, she's from Da Da Da. And I was like, the Yeah? Book. Are you sure we're not talking about the Purge movie? Nope. Okay. Nope, I'm sure. Okay, we'll keep looking at the movies it? and you let me know which from movie. From Dust Till Dawn, the series. Never saw it. I thought you did. So, very long time ago, only the first season, only the first few episodes. No, it was this lady, because I was like, why do I know her? And you immediately told me. Yeah. I, I, sure, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, once we get to the purge and we'll talk about this again yeah okay uh okay so yeah th- this takes place in the back you know backwoods part you know there's hillbillies and shit kind of thing like don't go in there turn right back and so right. like um this whole town was like disappeared and was shut down and no one knew anything about it and then, of course, these students and doctors and everything want to go test this thing out and see, yeah. like, what happened. And, of course, they go there and see that it's monsters. <laughs> that yeah. They killed all these people in the coal mine. And now they've, like, quarantined this whole part of the forest so that people won't go in there. Right. So that... Um, the people, the Appalachian people there can tend to the monsters and keep them in. Right. So the the townspeople who are still there who are like are like the watchers yeah. of this monster to make sure that it doesn't get out and these stupid kids go down there and let it out. Yeah. That's the gist <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. It's okay. It's um right. I mean it, w- it wasn't a horrible movie. Um the ending was actually pretty decent, so Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, it's fine. Mediocre, uh, lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Check it out. Um, Pledge Night, 1988 on Shutter. This was my fault. I don't know <laughs> what I was thinking. I, I guess I was thinking I'll be asleep soon. Doesn't matter. Um, it's it's a horror movie about a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually is. Uh, unique. I'll have to give it that. <laughs> Um, and they, people start getting killed. Yeah. At their um, fraternity on Pledge Night. Not much to say about an 80s, 90s kind of yeah. movie. I mean, of course, it was, 
it, it skipped by us before, and uh, and it's funny because a lot of these '80s '90s horror movies will skip by you through your life. You know, if you're a child from the '80s and '90s, like I am, once once every once in a while you'll, you'll come upon a movie like this. You're like, oh fuck, I never saw this movie. Yeah. Like, and, and I live for this shit. So. And it sounded vaguely familiar to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one was. It's it's okay. It's not bad. It's not a horrible movie. It's um I mean I'm intrigued by like the direction they went with it. Yeah. I I smelled that twist. <laughs> in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. So, um pretty much what it is is about a bunch of pledges uh, trying to become part of this fraternity and the 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 uh, not sorority but the Whatchamacallit? The... Not... What? Not a sorority. It is a sorority? Yeah, it's a sorority. Oh, okay. What do you call the women ones? They call them little sisters. Oh, but what do they call the women? Sorority. They're all called sororities. Sorority and fraternity. Fraternity! There, that's what I wanted to hear. Fraternity! (laughs) Oh, God. That's the word you were missing. Yeah, like, what's the other... What's the opposite of sorority? Okay. Anyway, so they're, they're pledging to become part of a fraternity. Yeah. Um... And, of course, shit goes awry, and um, one of the fraternity members starts killing the pledges and other fraternity members. Right. And that's the movie. Um, Or it's a spirit of a past fraternity pledge who died and is now murdering everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) uh, on Shudder, which, you know, I gotta give Shudder credit again, because they keep pumping out this stuff yeah. from the past, and I'm all about it, yeah. Even if I might not like it, thank you. Same. I had no way of watching, no, never mind, I watched Magic on Tubi, withdrawn, but there are plenty <laughs> of things that I have no way of watching, or I've never even heard of, that just show up on Shudder. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, check it out, or don't, whatever. It gives a shit, yeah. Um, next... <laughs> The Forever Purge. Yes. Uh, this was available to rent, so we still haven't been back to a theater. We actually better do that before all the theaters shut down shut again. Shut down again? Because I think it's probably going to happen pretty soon. Uh, so we rented The Forever Purge. Right. Um, I, I, I'm i not going to say that I love The Purge series. I like The Purge series. It's mm-hmm. it's fun. You know, it's um, It keeps you interested. It keeps you involved in there. And, of course, there's political things, and, of course, there's, um, you know, uh, real-world issues incorporated into these movies. Yeah, there's social commentary. And I will say about the first Purge movie, I think, is good. Um, And maybe it just surprised me how good I thought it was, because it is a social commentary where when you do something like a Purge... Um, you're going to unfairly disadvantage the poor and mm-hmm. advantage the rich. Uh, yes. That's definitely a social commentary. So that aspect of the first one is interesting. And then you get to see like more in-depth about that idea as the movies progress. Um, but you kind of get more and more tired of that idea, or I guess yes. I do. And for this one, it was like I was punched unconscious yes. with the social commentary. Yes. It is... Cringeworthy in this yeah. movie. I get it. I understand it. All right, but at the same time, this movie was fun to watch, and there's some good set pieces in it. And there was some good blood and gore. Yeah. There was some a uh, lot of different characters. Um, 
I will say this. The casting of the main guy in this movie, uh, played by a Latino fella. Tina Cuerta. Looks like a fucking Latino guy. He looks like a Mexican guy. Like, And I'm not saying like... Um, what I am saying is like usually in these parts when you get a, um, a character, you really try and like get a beautiful looking man. And he's, I'm not saying this guy's ugly. I'm just saying no. he's not your usual beautiful Latino guy that they're going to throw into a movie and he's good at fucking dancing and shit. That's not what you get. Right. You get a fucking Mexican looking dude You're Mexican in this fucking movie. Every man, if you will. Yes. Yeah. We get a Mexican everyman, and I'm mm -hmm. so happy for that. And he held the movie together. Mm -hmm. um, so thank God for that. I want to. I appreciate that. And uh, what's her name is in this movie? Ana de la Reguerta. Reguerta. But it wasn't her. It was the other one. I recognize her. Yeah, I've never seen the, that other woman before in, until that movie. So <laughs> I stand by my stupid conviction. All right, you, you do all you want. Oh. <laughs> So, like, it's... I thought this was going to be like a cowboy purge at first, just from yeah. all the promotional material, and it's not. No. It's a war, like, every, it's an ongoing purge forever. It's the immigration purge. Yes. That's what this one is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I still enjoyed it, though, and I, I think you should check it out. Yeah. Josh Lucas, always nice to see him. I, you don't see him very much anymore. I love no, it he when just, he pops up. Yeah, he just pops up every once in a while. Yeah. Um, you think they're going to go real dark uh, with the end, and they do, but they also don't. Like, characters you get invested in, you're not going to lose too many of them. Right, and, yeah. and the thing, what was funny, too, is that we thought, well, it wasn't a bet that we had, but we we thought different things about what would happen at the end. Yes. And I guessed right. So. You did. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I don't think I disagreed with you, but you definitely did. <laughs> All right, next... All right. Next, Till Death, uh, 2021. This is another rent on Amazon that did get a select theater release. Yeah, I don't know if it was released all that much. I, you know, I haven't been to the theater, so I, I really yeah. don't know all that much. I'm not sure. I don't think it got a wide release, but Probably I think maybe not. it was in, in some theaters. Uh, so this is... Oops, no, that is not it. Uh, this one's about um, a man and a woman who... Uh, a married man and a woman who start, uh, have a, a, like their 10th anniversary in a house, uh, a secluded house in the snow to where, um, this man like sets up all, all these flowers and this is a special occasion, but you can tell that there's tension in between, uh, her played by Megan Fox, who right. actually does a really good job in this movie. She's good. They and gave she's her, making her way back and I like that. Yeah. yeah. And they gave her... A script and they gave her action you know to do mm -hmm. they um and it's not like uh stunt doubles or either all that much you see her actually doing action and yeah. acting and giving her a script to work with not just being eye candy right although she does look great in this movie of course she does she's not yeah. just shia labeouf's background candy you know exactly she's she's more I mean, she, she, she like, carries the whole movie she does yes yeah. and and she doesn't give get enough our, uh, credit for like Jennifer's body, which she did a great job in yeah, that too. That's my favorite thing she's ever done. It still is. But, but she, yeah. she's yeah. So she's actually pretty good, um, as long as she's has the right script and is in the right movie. Yeah. And has the right role, <laughs> which right. I'll say. And, and that that's for any 
actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, they're not, they can't always do everything. They usually can't do everything. But she has been objectified since she was 15 years yeah. old. So it's yeah. really nice to see her come into her own and get some meaty roles like this one. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. I don't think we're spoiling anything when we say, um, because again, if we are, then the whole uh, poster is a spoiler. <laughs> Uh, while she's sleeping, her husband handcuffs himself to her in this secluded, like, place where there are no phones, nothing. Breaks her phone. Mm-hmm. And shoots himself in the head. So he is effectively dead, and she is manacled to him. Right. And that's kind of how the movie starts. Right. Then we also find out, um, that she was, uh, accosted one time. She was stabbed mm-hmm. by this, uh, this one guy. Uh, he's put away in prison by her husband, who actually was the DA mm-hmm. uh, uh, at that time. And then they hit it off and got married. And all backstory we don't, really yeah. don't get, but we can just we get. She's having an affair. That's the opening scene, so we right. know that. So we're not necessarily sure if that's like what is actually going on until that scene's over. We see that she's married, right? And that she's having an affair. And then, of course, all a bunch of different information comes out later on, and then and that we find out that. Her husband actually let the guys know, the guy who stabbed her and assaulted her, where she is. Right. He, yeah, he's been released and he mm. knows where she is. Yes. And that's our movie right there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's, I want to say it's kind of a lot like Gerald's Game. Oh, mixed, definitely. Mixed with, um, like, uh, uh, those movies. Uh, home break-in movies, you know? Yeah. The only thing that's different about Gerald's game is that Gerald comes back as a ghost and is, like, harassing her, Mm -hmm. whereas once this husband is dead, he is dead. Right. That's it. But he's set in motion all of these terrible things to happen to her. Uh, This is a pretty good movie. Yeah, Uh, I'd say check it out. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to say it's not fast-paced, but it is filled with tension. So, um... Yeah I, yeah, I think you should check this one out. Definitely check it out. Okay, one thing. And this got so irritating to me by the end that I was actually kind of mad. Uh, Megan Fox's makeup is flawless. <laughs> through the entirety of the movie. And, like, it was the dumbest decision. Who, number one, she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Number two... She's going through this horrific, bloody, gruesome, horrible, tragic event where she's getting the crap kicked out of her and her feet are freezing. You know, this is in the middle of winter. Um, She's fighting for her life. And her gloss is flawless (laughs) throughout. Um, It it really, now I ruined it for you too. So you're welcome. (laughs) I really, really hated it. I don't know whose decision that was. All right, just don't pay attention to Megan Fox's face during this movie. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that one, right? (laughs) So, yeah, stupid. Stupid, stupid. I'm clearly still fired up about it. Yeah, yeah. I. Dumb. Yeah. Okay, next. How many more do we have? Like two? We have two more before our series of the week. Series of the week. All right, great. All right. This was my idea, strangely. Um, (laughs) I already know that. (laughs) This was an Eli Roth presents. And I would have been less interested if it was Eli Roth wrote and directed. I would have been like, I doubt it. I think Eli Roth is kind of a tool. Is he an historian of horror cinema? 
Absolutely. Yes. Is he kind of a tool? Also, yes. Yeah. Um, but this was not, this is just something he produced or made available. I don't know. What does it mean when they present? They paid money to distribute uh, it? Either that or produced yeah. or did, had something to do. And, and that kind of happened, that happened a little bit more, I want to say, with like when Quentin Tarantino right. had like three movies out. So he started presenting these films like right. Sonatine and Switchblade Sisters and shit. So right. uh, it's kind of like that. Didn't which... really have anything to do with them, but gave them money, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Eli Roth presents The Stranger from mm-hmm. 2015. This on... isn't a porn. It is. Way. Nope. And it's also not the <laughs> Albert Camus novel. <laughs> uh. um, 2015, IFC Unlimited. Uh, it's a vampire movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that, I mean, that's in the synopsis. You mm-hmm. realize that right away. Um, and, uh, okay, so let me try to find it. Okay, Ranger. so... You go ahead. This movie's okay. It, it's okay. It bored me a lot of the time because there's a lot of situations happening around where people just don't talk. Or there's, like, if someone says something, there's not a rebuttal or rebuke or anything that way. So it, it kind of just keeps following that same trope of don't do this, don't go by me, don't do anything like this to where there's no explanation why. Right. Or as to, or, 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 I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. But I just kind of was really kind of bored by it. and It's a slow... Burn? No, it's not even a slow really burn. Burning. It's just a slow burn. It's just a slow movie. Yeah. A slow burn is Saint Maud or Censor. Those are True. slow burns. Tension is building, whereas right. here I didn't feel much tension. No, not at all. Yeah. I, I didn't fear for any of the characters at all. Um, yeah. So this one's about um, this vampire, like the last vampire ever, um, who 13 years later goes back finds is trying to find his vampire girlfriend who left him because he was trying to kill both of them right we're um, sick that's they what were sick saying. Yeah. right um but she wanted to keep living because she was pregnant with their son a vampire son possibly mm-hmm. so um she escapes from him and he finds her or tries to find her 13 or however long later i don't think it's there. <clears throat> might, might be longer than 13 years actually. it's not because that kid's like 15 or 16 yeah I so think. it's like yeah, it's it's a good amount of time later on that he goes back to a town where she lived at one point and he tries to find her, sees that she isn't there, and then he unexpectedly infects other people to which they become vampires. Right. And his whole thing was he was trying to eradicate them all. Right, <clears throat> and, and apparently in this type of vampirism, it's if your blood even touches like an orifice of anybody else's body mm-hmm. like zombies like a, tra- like a blood transmission yeah exactly. you're, you're you'll become a vampire right can't go out in the sun you know, same old shit right yeah sun sets you on fire uh stick through the heart i think is a thing mm-hmm. definitely fire mm-hmm. yeah this movie should have been way more fast-paced for something like that it didn't work it felt long and i'm trying mm-hmm. to see how long it is <laughs> and it's not very long i don't it's... think it was more than an hour and a half exactly <laughs> so um unless you have ifc unlimited i would say pass yeah it's fine so it's the same guy mm-hmm. who did uh 
His name is Guillermo Amoedo. He's the director and writer. Um, he directed and wrote Knock Knock. Yes. Um, which there's the Eli Roth connection. Yeah, right there. There we go. Another, another one. Um, Knock Knock, that's a Keanu Reeves movie that I just think is ridiculous. <laughs> I liked and it a lot, but yeah, such, you thought it was... <laughs> such a stupid time for a movie like that to come out. Like in the well, thick of Me Too. It, Eli it, Roth's no, like, oh, I have my It didn't come out thumb during on Me the Too. Pulse. <laughs> it came out way before Me Too. And Not way before. No, it didn't. A few years before the Me Too I'm pretty movie. sure that uh, Harvey Weinstein was in jail when this movie came no, out. No, I disagree. I, <laughs> I, this is before Ana de Armas even became famous. So, I mean, this is for Blade 2015 Blade. is when that movie came out. Right. That's before... No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, redi- laughably bad, I think. But you, I enjoyed it's it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good, but yeah. Uh, the Stranger. So it, yeah, if you don't have IFC Unlimited, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't really recommend it, but yeah, it's fine. Alright, last one, right? Last one. Last night we watched Dead Calm from 1989 ah, yes. on Shudder. This was one that I'd seen. It's a, like a Nicole Kidman, Sam Neill, Billy Zane thriller. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it, but I'd seen the cover a dozen times. Right, and yeah. I was like, why don't we just watch this? Yeah, like, alright, let's go. I've there seen, we go. Thank I'd you, Shudder. I've seen parts of this movie over the years. And I was always, and I'd never seen the beginning of it, and I was always under the impression that Sam Neill was a total doofus in this movie. Until I watched oh. the whole thing, and then it's, that's not the case at all. No, he's so, like a military guy, Yeah, he's right? a Navy officer, mm-hmm. or Navy captain, or whatever. For the Australian right, yeah. military, yeah. Um, so, um, Sam Neill and his wife, Nicole Kidman, um take this boat out after the tragedy of her getting into a car accident and losing their child, which is ejected out of the fucking backseat. It's horrible. Yeah, uncomfortable laughter was really the only way we could process it. It's horrible. Kid shoots out like a bullet through the windshield. Horrific. Let's let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) And so they take this trip on his yacht in the... Fucking, I don't know, where are they? Indian Ocean or whatever? They're 1,200 miles off the coast of Australia, I think is what they said they are. Okay, so shit. Or New Zealand or something like that. Somewhere somewhere I'll never be. Um, And she's still having a problem coping with the loss of their kid. Obviously. So um, they go on this extended vacation, and they come upon a sinking boat... And uh, one of their uh, one of those lifeboats leaves from the sinking boat, and it's carrying Billy Zane. He gets on the the Sam Neill's boat, tells him that it sank. All the people died on there, and everything. A botulism. A botulism. Yeah. Yes. Um, to which Sam Neill waits for him to fall asleep, then goes to the ship and finds out that's not what happened at all. And Billy Zane is nuts, and he's a murderer. Yeah, it's all uh, as the movie progresses. Sam Neill gets stuck on that boat because Billy Zane uh, gets totally unhinged and leaves with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, throughout the movie, you can see him watching the video that Billy Zane took of just like butchering these people. Right, He's yeah. Totally unhinged. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I was, I've always loved Billy Zane. Of course I do. But I have never seen him just completely unhinged out of his mind. Yes. And that's what this character is. Right. And with, like, with Demon Knight and everything, there was like a motivation. And there's uh, motivation behind what he was doing and, and yeah. his character. 
and he had like a certain thing to do. And in this movie, they just let him run wild. He's just nuts. Yeah, so, in Demon and Demon Knight, he has a purpose, and he only he only loses it once, mm-hmm. and then he puts himself back together, and he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all it, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> totally unhinged in this. Um, I loved it. Uh, if I were Nicole Kidman, I would have been scared. <laughs> but um, yeah, this one I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would actually. Yeah, because I thought it would be a little more, a bit more boring. But seeing that Sam Neill actually wasn't a doofus in this movie, no. really helped it out for me. So uh, I would say yeah, I recommend this movie if you haven't watched it yet. Of course, it's one of those movies where it's passed by me numerous, numerous times mm-hmm. to where I probably like all right, let's watch this shit and then hey. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a movie about a grieving husband and wife reconnecting, mm-hmm. physically and metaphorically. Yeah, right. It's good. Okay. Uh, that about does it for our movies that we've watched recently. And coming up next is our series of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our series of the week is the 2021 Masters of the Universe Revelation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. How should we even start this episode? The episode, I will say, with um, this TV series. There's really a lot to talk about. But mm-hmm. first, we'll we'll just get into the story in itself and the five-episode arc that we're given this time around. Which I believe there's going to be more Masters of the Universe coming out soon, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Good. I'll uh, watch more. And I didn't care at all. I let you put it on because I thought I was going to fall asleep. And then I didn't. I was yeah. into it. Right. So, um, this isn't just a retread of Masters of the Universe or He-Man and Masters of the Universe. They're not just using different voice actors, different animation now to do the same things over and over and over again, like we've seen before in past other He-Man incarnations. Mm -hmm. This is a continuation of the He-Man series from back in the 80s. Um, My thoughts about 80s He-Man is, like, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Um, And it was meant to sell toys. It really was. Oh, yeah. Even in the documentary that we watched on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us or whatever, um, they pretty much just said that in the the series, like saying, we were going to sell toys, we needed to make interesting characters. Yeah, like even the the animation in the 80s ones were, I mean, they would just reuse the exact same animation. The animation was lazy, too. Yes, and the animation wasn't all that great. But as a kid, you really don't care. Right. I mean, you're, you're given new characters each episode, and then they're gone. And then you're back mm-hmm. with He-Man. And you're following He-Man through the majority of these stories in the Masters of the Universe. Because it was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That's all fine and great. 
um, going back on and watching those cartoons, there it really it really aren't good. <laughs> I, I, I don't no. enjoy them. There's, uh, you have He-Man with the sword he never fucking uses. <laughs> right? You have, um, Orko, who was annoying more than anything. Yeah. You had Tila, who's oblivious to everything and is just kind of, uh, you don't see her in the greatest light in that She's show. kind of competitive and insecure. Yes. And, uh, in the old cartoon. In the old show. Yeah. Um, Skeletor, um, you know, he's more of a bumbling idiot in, in a way. And then you have, you know, Evil Lynn, who is a side character you knew nothing about other than she worked with Skeletor. She was like Skeletor's right-hand woman in a mm-hmm. way. And all these other characters. You had Beastman and all, all these different huge masters of the universe. And yet, like, the storylines were... were Poor. Uh, it, it wasn't a very good show in retrospect now. Right. They had great characters and they sold awesome toys at the time, even though, I mean, I, I don't even like He-Man action figures all that much because they don't stand up that well and they're all just, they don't fit with my collection. Right. Really. Although you have some, like, upgraded ones, yeah, right? Some I have. Ones? I have some from the Masters of the Universe 2002, I want to say, that that series came out. And they made action figures for them, and they look good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not bow-legged and shit, and and look like they're they're crapping their pants half. Right. The time. Um, so, and and I say that because I I'm a, I'm a way bigger fan of, of GI Joe. Yes. Right. And Cobra Commander was always like my favorite villain, and I still love Cobra Commander because unlike Skeletor, Cobra Commander always like. He really put a, his best effort out there. He really tried. Like, he... he, And if you watch the G.I. Joe, the movie, you see that Cobra Commander was tasked with taking over the world from from where he came from, uh, Galobulus and all those guys. They made him their, their guy to go out and rule the world. And he tried to, constantly. But he was always beaten by G.I. Joe. Not because of him, but because of some of the people he had around him that would fuck up, you know. Right. And he never won. But he still tried. Like, he, he still really put out an effort. And he wasn't a goof like Skeletor is. Skeletor is kind of a coward. Right. Yeah. And, and Cobra Commander was too, but he had the guys to back him up. He had right. all these dudes. Like, uh, fucking uh, Skeletor had, like, Merman and shit, you know, like... Get back in the ocean, merman. So it, it, right. it, it just didn't work out all that well. But now we come with this uh, 2021 series with Kevin Smith as the lead writer and lead creator on this series. And it's a, like, once again, I'll say this is a continuation um, of the series. So I was, I'm looking forward to it because of Kevin Smith. I think Kevin Smith's funny. I think his dialogue is is funny. Um his action scenes, which he said before, like, I can't shoot action worth a shit, but you can write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there we go. And I think uh, he's totally invested in stories that he loves. And mm-hmm. so I trust him to to do things like this with care. And he usually does. Yes. So, um, the beginning of this series, I will say, I won't, I won't even say season. This is just a five-part series. Um beginning of the of this the, like the first episode we're 
we're shown Eternia, which of course that's where He-Man lives and uh, all like the king and uh, his mom and everything. Um, Prince Adam, of course, is He-Man. We meet Prince Adam um, during the ceremony where they are promoting Tila mm-hmm. to uh, Man-at-Arms. She's taking her father's role, Man-at-Arms. Our uh, dad's name, the real name is Duncan, but he's always been referred to as Man-at-Arms. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like He-Man's right-hand man. And of course, um, I'll say this too, that He-Man, um, when Prince Adam uses the, the, the sword, the special sword he has, um, he becomes He-Man, the right. big muscular guy. You know, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the show yet, or any incarnation of He-Man, that's what happens. Yeah. He becomes this big muscly dude. Uh, and no one know. And there's only a few people who know that Prince Adam is actually He-Man, mm-hmm. including um, Man-at-Arms, his battle cat Cringor, mm-hmm. uh, Orko, the flying magician person thing, whatever. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, his mom knows also for some reason. I forgot how. I think a mother always has a intuition knows. or some shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then uh, who else? Uh, the sorceress knows also. So in, the, the, in the old one, right? In the old one yeah. and this one too. Yep. It starts out that way. Okay. Yes. Getting to that part. Don't okay. worry. Um, and we, we see this coronation of Tila finally having this huge role. And because throughout time, she's always tried to, to live up to that name, to her father's name or to He-Man's name, her best friends, you know. Mm-hmm. She's always wanted to be the best. And right when this coronation is happening, Skeletor decides to attack um, Castle Grayskull. Um, he really lets out, too. He's got the sorceress with him. Uh, Triclops, Stinkor, all these guys are trying to fight Castle Grayskull, and they're, everyone's fighting them back. And, of course, Skeletor finds his way into uh, Castle Grayskull. Finally, after all these years, he makes his way in there, and he goes in there to destroy the magic that is keeping Eternia alive. Mm-hmm. And that was his motivation going in there. Um so He-Man actually becomes, you know, well, switches from Prince Adam to become He-Man, and he fights Skeletor, and uh, Skeletor destroys this orb that holds the magic for eternity for Eternia, and once that happens, He-Man kind of blocks it and takes the shot of this, and both He-Man and Skeletor disappear. They're gone. They're presumably dead. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very much like... The, um, the Transformers movie to where right. you lose your two biggest guys in the beginning. You lose Optimus and you lose Megatron. Mm-hmm. They're both gone. And um, that's when the information is leaked to Tila that Prince Adam is actually He-Man. And she gets pissed. Mm-hmm. And which I can fucking understand and I can sympathize with. Because they grew up together. They grew it's up like together. They were really close friends. Her yeah. father, her closest companions all held, held this secret against her, you know, didn't tell her at all. And then this is how she finds out when he dies. Mm-hmm. She has no closure to that. And she's pissed. So she's like, fuck this. I'm not going to be man in arms anymore. I'm, I'm out of here. And like, man in arms even is, is kicked out too because the king. Uh, Adam's father is pissed at him because he never told him that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so then Man-at-Arms is disgraced and sent away, and then Tila takes off, too. They're like, fuck this. And then, then 
the factions of, of the heroes and the villains like separate and they all kind <clears> of <throat> go in their different directions now and years later now we start to follow Tila and her her adventure I want to say more of to where she's roped into finding out what happened to Eternia because the magic is is leaving Eternia, Eternia and like uh, all the magicians there or all the people who use magic are getting weaker like Orko is getting sick we got uh, the sorceress of course doesn't have as much magic anymore uh, evil Lynn too so there's this uh, people are, are now trying to fight for power in a place where there's just no magic anymore uh, we get to see that Triclops has taken the mantle of more of a leader now to where he constructs his whole a whole army by himself mm-hmm. to go f- to go fight um, or just to recruit more people and to go finally defeat Castle Grayskull so there won't be magic anymore and then he can rule and just have these like I want to say it's like a digital slash uh, mechanical army as opposed right. to something with magic. Um, so he's more in power now, but then. We see Tila later on with her um, with her companion now, who she's kind of like a mercenary to where she gets jobs done and gets paid for and moves on from there, seeking more adventure until um, sorceress who uh, not sorceress Evelyn who is in disguise tasks her with gaining um, something from uh, what you call uh, Castle Grayskull. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I think is what whatever magic is left there to where to where they are able to get the uh, the sword that He Man uses, which has been broken apart now, and it's in two different dimensions of Eternia. It's Preternia, which is kind of like the land of the dead, and fuck, I forgot the name of the other one, which is heaven. It's right. pretty much what it is. Um, so, Evelyn. Tila, Tila's friend. What's her Tila's friend's name? Tila's friend. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Um, Andra, Andra is right. the other mercenary she works with. And uh, Tila's partner, I think, very obviously in more ways than just business. Right. It's never, <laughs> they never say it or anything. No. Um, it's never really even implied. It's more of just kind of like, oh, you can draw your own con- conclusions from this. I think it's a little bit implied. Uh, look at the way Tila and Andra look at each other if we watch it again. Just okay, all right. Just well, I didn't see it, but I, I mean, f- from whatever, I mean, you can get different interpretation from Definitely. it. So I didn't get that Which at all, I just actually. thought was an excellent representation. I, I mean, I hope I'm right, because that's a good representation of LGBTQ main characters. Okay. If they are, where, if they where aren't. That which, sexuality I mean, doesn't define them, but is, you know, part of who they are. Right, yeah. You don't necessarily have to say, like, hey, gay character right, right. here. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you can come to your own conclusions about them. I don't, you do. Hey, man. Yeah. It's all in the story. So, anyway. Um, Man at Arms is is kind of comes out of hiding where he's taking care of Orko, mm-hmm. um, so they kind of get this the band together in a way to where like um, Evil Lynn joins them and and because if the magic runs out in eternity Eternia then that's it everyone well, they all die it's the end of the fucking world for them right so um, they have a task to go to these to heaven or hell heaven and hell to grab the sword and bring He Man back. Mm-hmm. Or bring magic back to Eternia, but um, and so that's like the gist of the the show. 
of the five episodes. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the Tila show because He-Man's dead. He-Man got killed. But mm -hmm. we later on we do get to see that He-Man is in heaven right now with a bunch of other heroes that were previously a part of Eternia because He-Man wasn't the beginning of Eternia. Right. There was plenty of shit that happened before he even took the mantle. Mm -hmm. So um, we meet a lot of these guys who have, who, who died and have have this privilege now of living in heaven for the rest of the time. Right. And it, and they have nothing to worry about. You know, no one dies or anything. Everything's cool. This is like a gift to them. Mm -hmm. um, so um, that's like the gist of the show. Now... What I really want to talk about with this is the backlash that it's gotten. Mm -hmm. Okay, like I said before, this is this isn't He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. This is Masters of the Universe retri Retribution. Right, uh, Revelation. Revelation. I'm sorry. Yeah, He-Man is not in the title of this show. Right. Clear a. A clear cue right there. Right? Okay. <laughs> of course, we get to see He-Man in action and actually uses the sword for once in this movie. And actually, Skeletor makes the joke. He's like, ah, oh, you finally used the sword for what it's supposed to be used for. You know? <laughs> it's funny. But um, Tila kind of spearheads this whole thing, which she should. Mm -hmm. She should be the main character in this show now. Because look what's happened to her. Okay. She was supposed to be the man-at-arms. She was supposed to be the next big thing. And that was taken away from her. And her whole life has been a lie. People, mm -hmm. the main people that she's loved have lied to her constantly throughout her life. So, of course, yeah, she's going to have a fucking chip on her shoulder. Yeah. She's going to... And a lot of people, like, from what I've read, I, mean, I watch a lot of YouTube, and people were like, eh, she's really whiny. Yeah, I would be too. Like, dude, you were, like, the strongest people in the universe, and you didn't fucking tell me? Yeah. You left me out, Dad? Like, what the fuck, man? And like, like, where the fuck do you get off, you she, piece of shit? She's not as whiny as she is in the original cartoon. Exactly. You like that yes. Exactly. <laughs> At least she's a warrior in this. So, yeah. So, I think people got pissed off because she cut her hair and took the mantle of He-Man. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up, you know? Like, I, this show is way better... Than the original show. Yes. Way better. We have, you have character depth. We have arcs for characters. Let's go. Okay, let's start with some of the arcs for our characters. We'll start with really easy ones first. Beast Man. Beast Man isn't in it very much, mm -hmm. but his lines of dialogue tell us a million things because the one thing he says is, is that, like, um, he's he's there. He wants to protect his sorceress. His his um, because. Evil Lin was like one of the head people, and he is. Uh, and I think, from what I grab from it, is like, yeah, he loves her, mm -hmm. and he's going to protect her if she's in good faith or in bad faith. Uh, and during this show, she's in good faith. She's trying to help and bring back Eternia because her and the other masters of the universe have stake in this world, you know, and they, they needed to live or else they're fucked. Right, they'll cease to exist. Yes, yeah. so she ends up fighting against Triclops and Merman, who shows up later on in the show, too, fights against him, too. And then now now let's get to, to Evil Lynn. Mm -hmm. Evil Lynn, great arc here. We finally get to know a little bit about her, why she followed Skeletor, and how big of a mistake that was that she did that. And now she wants to go her own route mm -hmm. and do her own thing. 
To which, you know, you never saw that shit in the original Masters of the Universe. No. No. It was she was always the the Skeletor sidekick. I want to see more of her. I want to see more of these other characters that were just in an episode or two and were, were goofy and stupid. But now, like, we have more of a serious show that we get to dive into these characters. Like, who seriously gave a shit about Roboto? Yeah. No one! But here, he has a purpose, you know? He he actually helps them out and 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 drives the story forward a bit more. Yeah, I don't even remember Roboto from exactly. the <laughs> cartoon, yeah. You have Orko, a person who was who who was your um snarf, you know, in the yeah. show. You're like, mm-hmm. we got, great, we got a fucking snarf in the show. He actually has an arc too, and you feel bad for him. And you you see him in action actually doing something right. Yes. You see um a Triclops. Fucking Triclops has a huge part in the series mm-hmm. where he comes up with this army, uh, voiced by Henry Rollins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> great. There are so many great voice actors in this, yeah. Great. I loved his arc in this. Uh, Moss Man, he, he was barely in the original episodes to warn He-Man. He-Man, this blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This one guy here. Uh, then he disappears into the moss or the trees and, or fucking He-Man's special bush. You know, it, it's... <laughs> It's it, it, that that was it. You never fought or anything, but here you get to see Moss Man like grow into a big fucking forest and shit, and yeah, actually do some good. Looks kind of scary. Yeah. Um. So there's there's lots of character growth in here, I, and a lot of the people I keep and and trust me, I went on YouTube and I put in Masters of the Universe, and every single person was saying the same fucking thing. Where's He Man? Why isn't He-Man in this? Why is Tila such a brat? Why is all this? Well, maybe if you knew anything about storytelling or character arcs, then you would understand what this show is doing. Which I don't think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people were just like, I want He-Man. I want him to do He-Man stuff. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you've had that for 30-some fucking years, man. And most of it's been crap. But here, finally, we have a show that has action. We have characters, character development, something to to give you a feeling for once. And then people are shitting all over it. Yeah. I don't understand. I get it. I no, know why I they are. I yeah. understand. Well, I understand why they're doing it. Because there's a woman who got a haircut that... I mean... She got an asymmetrical, half-shaved head. Yeah. Like a warrior would. Right. (laughs) She's super muscular. Yeah. Like a warrior would be. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're not getting some waif, you know? Yeah. You're getting a fucking warrior, which she should have always been. Mm -hmm. Not like the TV show where she's wearing them fucking... That bathing suit the the entire time. She's a fucking warrior. And those twirly boob holes. Yeah, yeah. What are those? Like, come on, man. (laughs) <laughs> Trust me, I like boobs more than any other person in this world. But there's just some stuff where like, okay, good. Let's move on from there. Like, <laughs> great. She's still sexy and everything. Hell, I think Evil Lynn's sexy as hell in this. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I feel they're all muscular in some yeah, way. Well, so I mean, all the characters. So uh, yeah. if you like muscles, then you can yeah. be the right well, cartoon. I mean, that, was, that, that should have been He-Man from the beginning because fucking flesh, you know? I want to see some biceps. Yeah. Yeah, and... 
If this had starred He-Man and He-Man found out that he grew up not in a huge secret and he bitched about it, I bet none of you stupid fanboys would have a problem. No, not at all. You'd oh, be like, he's totally justified. Yeah, I mean, that's justified, man. You, you <laughs> should, you know. They need a whole episode just for him to bitch about it. Like, <laughs> no. And it's she's not even that whiny in she's the show. She's not at all. I don't understand where she's that's coming pissed, from. pissed, man. I'm she's angry. fucking pissed, too, and I would act in the same way. Now, what happens later on in, uh, I want to say episode four, they make it to the land of the dead there, where Scareglow is, and Scareglow is voiced by Tony Todd, mm-hmm. um, and the, that character was never featured on the show, this is his first time ever, and he's kind of like the keeper of the dead, you know? Um, Tila ends up fighting him, um, because, well, she wants part of the sword, and part of the sword is there, and for him to give her part of the sword she needs to show her fear so when she does that and her fear is Mm he-man of course it is her fear is not living up to the hype and not living up to what he-man is and not living up to anyone else so her her biggest battle is internal right it's not anyone in particular it's her and she's ready to fight that demon and then she has that battle with Scareglow and where Orko saves her. Mm-hmm. This is great. This is character development here. We're getting her side of this story. We're getting mm-hmm. to see what she's all about. We know about He-Man. We know enough about him. We've known enough about him. And be honest with you, the He-Man character is fucking boring. It's not that interesting. No, it isn't. And number one, I gotta say it again, He-Man is not in the title of the show. Yes. He is not in the title. He's probably going to be back at some point. Of course. It's magic. Yes. He will be. Because then that's when the biggest kicker of this show happens. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry I'm about to spoil it, but you should watch it. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're a fanboy or neckbeard, whatever, then don't watch (laughs) it. But at the, our final episode is that they they end up going to heaven and they see He-Man there. He-Man, unlike the other heroes that are there that came before him... He decided to represent himself as Adam and not as He-Man. And everyone fucking loved him. They were like, oh, he's a cool guy and everything. He's great, you know. And then him and Tila have this conversation, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry about I had to hide all this from you. And then she's like, you don't understand. You never will understand this kind of shit that I had to go through because of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but with um, King Grayskull is actually there. They... The guy who created Castle Grayskull and everything. Mm-hmm. He's there and he's like, hey, I have a way out of here for you guys. Because um, everyone ends up going there. Uh, Evil Inn, Beast Man and everything. Uh, they forge the sword. They get the other parts. But uh, Prince Adam pretty much tells him, like, yeah, you're here, but you can't leave. But uh, King Grayskull tells him, hey, I do have some place where you can leave. And everyone starts to go back to Eternia Except he goes to Prince Adam saying, hey, man, this was like a gift to you. There's, I mean, I don't think there's any way you're going to be able to get back here. Mm-hmm. So if you die again, sorry, bro, you're going to live in the ground with everyone else. That's pretty much what he says. Yeah. Adam's like, ah, I don't care. It seems like Eternia is fucked up right now. I know nothing about it. And no one's really saying anything, but they need this sword for something. I'm going to go back. So that's when they go back to Eternia. They fight off, once again, they fight off Triclops, who's trying to blow up Eternia, I mean, um, Castle Grayskull, Mm -hmm. and Man at Arms is there fucking them up. Everyone comes back, they fuck up Triclops, they all go to where the 
the magic bubble orb was to recreate He-Man's power, to which, you know, He-Man has the sword again, goes, I have the power. And then once that happens, we see that this magic, the evil in staff, which had broken, uh, actually contained Skeletor in it. So there were times throughout the TV show where, or the series where evil in was trying to help out where she didn't have enough magic or that's what we were led to believe that her magic had run out and she wasn't able to save like Orko because Orko sacrifices himself for everyone else. <laughs> she just wasn't there able to save him. Well, there's a reason why it's because Skeletor was there the whole time and he was holding her back and she knew nothing about this shit. So when He-Man is about to go, I have the power, Skeletor kills him. Mm-hmm. That's our big twist in this show. He-Man's dead now. And Skeletor has the power. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. After all these years. 30-some years. Skeletor is our proper villain. It's one hell of a cliffhanger. And then that, yeah, that's when the show ends. Yeah. And all of our heroes are like, fuck, you know, they're fucked, you know. <laughs> and we have to see what happens after that. That is great storytelling right there. And if people are upset because He-Man's not in it, I'm sorry, man. Like, go back and watch the old cartoons. Watch He-Man not use his sword. Watch him throw fucking Merman and him do a, a cartwheel or... or <laughs> Or, How can you watch them? Are they you on can't. YouTube? Who? I probably GI Joe's actually on YouTube. They, okay. They they actually live play episodes of GI Joe on YouTube. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that's that's this that's our our series right there. I'm sure I left a bunch of stuff out, but that's our gist, and yeah. that's just my feelings towards it because I think this show is unfairly unfairly being critiqued by people who don't understand film and who don't understand writing and TV. Yeah. And we're dancing around the misogyny too. So let's Yeah, yeah, I would in. say there is too. I I don't I I don't I didn't recognize it when I was a kid, of course. No. But later on, yes, of course. Um oh, you were talking about the misogyny of people. <laughs> Right, of people yes. who are criticizing and it is. this show. And yeah. it's because a woman took over a fucking show. Right. That's what it is. And That's she's all really muscly, is. and she's yeah. got that asymmetrical haircut. Right, and, and it triggers people. Yeah. Because they can't handle change, right. unfortunately. And even if it's change for the good. This is finally a, show, a He-Man show I can watch and not be absolutely bored with or make fun of. Right. Because it, it's... The original show is, is, is a joke. Yeah, there's some cool fucking characters in it i love the characters the show itself is very poor and it's very poorly done yeah now finally we have some writers like to you do said, something right it's that show was for merchandising toys that's yes. what it was for so i i enjoyed this five episode series mm-hmm. it was very enjoyable and it it kept my interest and it wasn't just a retreat of every other he-man episode it's boring. Like yeah. you need to move on from this stuff. You need to move on. It has to happen, or else you're just gonna keep getting the same shit yeah. over and over and over again. Because because guess what? Now guess what's a new TV show coming out that they're redoing? What? Doogie Hauser. No. Yeah, they're redoing Doogie Hauser. Why? Wait, didn't they just do that with what's his name, Freddie Highmore? No, no, he was. I 
I don't think Freddie Highmore. Well, I guess you could in a way, but I think he has like Asperger's or something. He was autistic and he was a doctor or something. Yeah, but I never he's still watched like the show. way too young to be a doctor too. Yeah, and I think Doogie Howser was just brilliant, a, a brilliant yeah. person. I'm not saying that he isn't a brilliant person, but right, right, he was right, right. Deal- dealing with different problem or or di- uh, a disability in a way. You're right. To where a different disability, differently abled, yes, um, than what Doogie Hauser had to do. So, yeah. stop doing this shit unless you're going to build on it, like He Man did. Yeah, build and, on it. And I was just going to add, like these fanboys who hated this He Man are also the same fanboys who see a reboot or a remake and are like, "Make new stuff. We want new stuff." Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> There's no pleasing everyone. Yeah. It's Anyway, oh, anything else to add to this He-Man fucking revelation? Check it out. I think I made it all the way through this without even mentioning that Sarah Michelle Gellar plays yeah. Tila. Yeah. Um. So I'll leave you with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about Skeletor too. Oh yeah, that was the a only Joker. Thing. I mean, I'm sorry. Exactly. That was the only thing that I found distracting, um, because I I used to like the animated series of Batman um, when uh, Mark Hamill mm-hmm. plays the Joker. Uh, I love the video games, and Mark Hamill plays the Joker in three of them? Three of the four of them, he Three does. of the four of them. Mm. Um, and, and I was excited that he was Skeletor, but he doesn't bring anything. It sounds exactly yeah. like the Joker. Yeah. So whenever I hear him, I, I want to see the Joker. Yeah. I don't, I don't I care agree. about Skeletor. So I was, I was disappointed. Mark Hamill can do different voices. I know he can. He's been doing it for like 40 years. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I like to think the producers that. were like, no, you got to do the joke. <laughs> and that it wasn't Mark Hamill's decision. Because I found that very distracting. That's all. All right. Well, that about does it for this episode of My Bleeding Ears. Thank you guys for joining us while I rip apart fanboys and neckbeards all <laughs> over from coast to coast. You might want to check your ne- neckbeard, actually, before you... Yeah. <laughs> I at least shave it every once in a while. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>